still everyone this is tosha and you are tuned into the supernova tosha show podcast the show that addresses social issues and how it affects our community and today we are going to be discussing um election 2024 the lesser of two lesser of two what i don't know some people say the lesser of two evils or the lesser of two you know whatever you fill in the blank well, however, whatever you want to make our candidates um, lesser of, go right ahead. Um, and who am I speaking about? I'm speaking about, um, you know, whoever's running for the presidency. It's uh, 2024 and it is our year to vote. And I certainly hope that everyone goes out and votes um, because it is important. So it's 2024 and voting is getting ready to begin. Um, so in November uh, of this year, Americans will vote for the president, the leader of this first world country for the next four years. The ballots contain a single presidential candidate for each of the major parties that were pre-selected earlier in the year, like now, this, <laughs> this time, um, by a series of primary elections held in each state. So right now, every state is going to have um, primary elections. Um, on January 15th of 2024, Iowa Republicans will kick off the season by holding their own version of a primary election called the caucus. Uh, for a better explanation, a political caucus is a gathering or meeting of uh, members of a political party or organization. It is typically held at the local level and it serves as a forum for party members to discuss and select candidates um, for public office and also to uh, develop party platforms and engage in political discussions. Caucuses can vary in uh, format and rules depending on the political party and its jurisdiction. Um, so they often involve open discussions and they often involve a lot of debating, you know, and voting to determine the, the to determine the party's stance on various issues and to choose delegates. Um, you know, who will represent the party at higher level um, conventions or meetings. Caucuses play a significant role in the democratic process by allowing party members to actively participate in shaping the party's direction and selecting candidates for the elections. Um, the turnout at Iowa, the Iowa caucus in 2024 fell short of um, expectations. So with just about... Mm, over 110,000 voters participating. Now this number um, represents less than 15% of the state's 752,000 registered Republicans. Now, former President Donald Trump emerged as the winner, followed by um, Florida's governor, our now governor here in Florida, uh, Ron DeSantis, and then former UN Ambassador Nikki Haley. Um, Yay for the female. I don't know much about um, Nikki Haley, but uh, I'm definitely going to be reading up on her. Um, so the low turnout uh, could be attributed to lack of enthusiasm amongst uh, Republicans and unfavorable weather conditions because it is uh, January in Iowa, so it's freezing cold. Uh, some voters decided to stay home due to the um, unprecedented caucus cold, while others braved the frigid temperatures to cast their votes and to 
summarized, the caucus is put on by a political party as a part of the presidential nominating process. Now, Iowa holds significance in the political landscape for several reasons. Uh, first, it serves as the initial test for a campaign's ability to connect with voters on a national level. Being the first state to hold its primary, candidates have the opportunity opportunity to engage with um, voters uh, when their campaign funds are ample and their energy is high. So, you know, in the beginning, everybody's excited. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're getting ready to shell out money. Um, but yeah, additionally, Iowa prides itself on being a state where candidates with limited financial resources can still find success through grassroots campaigning. However, it is also important to note that the results of the Iowa caucus have not consistently predicted the eventual nominee of the party. Uh, despite the attention and spotlight on Iowa, the outcome of these caucuses does not always align with who ultimately becomes the party's nominee. Now, as for the Democrats in Iowa, um, there have been changes in their nominating calendar. So in previous years, Iowa Democrats uh, conducted causes um, where voters physically gathered and divided into groups to show their support for each candidate. Uh, however, this year on January 15th, the Iowa Democrats will meet um, and they'll like handle their party matters, but they will not uh, vote for a presidential candidate. Instead, the voting for presidential candidates will take place by mail and will conclude on March 5th, 2024. I'll definitely remember that date. It's the day before Mwah's born day. <laughs> so our current sitting president, um, the public's opinion regarding his age saying it is a significant factor for many Americans. Now, according to NBC News, uh, there was a poll that was taken. And uh, within that poll, they're saying that 70% of adults expressed that Mr. Joe Biden, they call him Sleepy Joe, <laughs> um, he's, he's 80 years old, and they're saying that he's just too old to run. Um, a significant number of voters, including half of Democrats. Now, President Biden is the oldest in the United States history and critics have, um, you know, critics have highlighted instances of verbal misuse, miscues, um, and often attributing them to cognitive decline. Shortly after assuming office on January 20th of 2021, President Joe Biden signed several executive orders to modify American immigration policies and reverse key initiatives implemented by the previous president, uh, Donald Trump. These actions included lifting the travel ban on certain Muslim majority countries and halting the construction of a steel and concrete wall along the Mexico-US border, which was presented by Trump as a measure to address illegal border crossings by individuals fleeing poverty and violence in Central America. Um, given the timing of the caravans movement, many individuals requested on investigations into whether Biden's more lenient immigration stance, which, uh, diverge significantly from Trump's stringent approach 
influence the decision of these um, Hondurans and Venezuelan residents to undertake the journey or would facilitate their entry into these United States. Um, Americans also would prefer the United States to reduce its support for the Ukraine. However, it is important to note that um, a significant portion of the general public still supports actions such as imposing san sanctions on Russia um, and providing assistance to Ukrainian intelligence efforts. And I also want to add that President Biden was investigated by the Department of Justice following the discovery of classified documents at his Delaware residence and an office that he has in Washington, D.C. Now, these documents were found um, on multiple occasions, and it was announced by a White House lawyer that additional pages were discovered inside Joe Biden's home. So in response to this situation, Attorney General uh, Merrick Garland has appointed former Justice Department office, official Robert Hurt to lead um, the DOJ probe. So those I highlighted some of the negatives right now that's going against um, our now sitting president, Joe Biden. And also um, a lot of people are holding, you know, that his son is um, facing charges as well. Uh, avoided paying millions of dollars in taxes and that he purchased a gun while he was still um, using drugs. And um, I mean, I don't see what that has to do with him being with uh, his father being the president, whatever his son did on his own. That's what he did on his own. I'm more concerned about why would you take classified documents from the White House and have them in your home. That's just a no-no for me. Um, I feel as though uh, classified documents that are supposed to be locked away somewhere secret in the White House or the Capitol, wherever it's supposed to be, um, should not be in your home. Because uh, we don't know who's coming and going in your home. I understand you have security and people have to pass clearance and all this other stuff, but it's just, it's too too much for me. So also disgraced former President Donald Trump was inaugurated January 20th of 2017. He was the president until January 20th of 2021. Now, um, he's hot on the campaign trail and he wants to be the president once again. So yes, he can serve two terms. Um, each, each of them can serve two terms. And um, so he did one term and now he's seeking the second term. Once again, he's campaigning to be the president for another four years. Uh, it is crucial to remember that individuals are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. So let me just preface that um, because so far, um, it, this man has the tenacity and the boldness of no human being I've ever seen before in my life. I cannot imagine going to court and facing so many charges and then wanting to even get out of bed. Not only is he getting out of bed, he's getting up, he's going to court, he's mouthing off, he's, you know, confident, and then he goes straight to campaigning. It's, wow. <laughs> okay. So former President Donald Trump 
um, attended the first day of his civil defamation trial where a jury was selected to determine potential damages in response to E. Jean Carroll's sexual assault allegation. Now, Trump observed um, the jury selection process without speaking and left before opening statements to attend a campaign uh, a campaign event held in New Hampshire. So New Hampshire is going to be the next state. First it was I Iowa, and then the next state is going to be New Hampshire. Now keep in mind that E. Jean Carroll had sued him. She sued uh, Donald Trump prior to this um, for... Um, the R word. So she sued him for that. And um, they found, he was found guilty of um, essay uh, sexual assault. Um, and then he also, so that he was found, he was found guilty for SA. And then when he was found guilty of that, he went on to make some disparaging comments about her. Um, and I know one of them was, he was like, oh, she's lying and she's not my type. And she went ahead and sued him again a second time. So this is the second lawsuit she's suing him for defamation of character and, of course, making disparaging comments about her. About her. Um, so um, those of you who are possibly thinking about voting for uh, Donald Trump a second time, just remember that he was also caught with having classified documents in his bathroom at Mar-a-Lago. Mar-a-Lago is his estate. Um, it is a huge compound. Um, you know, it's beautiful. I've driven by, by it several times. Um, normally they have a lot of, uh, parties there, a lot of, uh, social events. And sometimes he's there, sometimes he's not. Um, it's beautiful, uh, compound, I should say. But there are times where people were just found wandering. I mean, it's in the bathroom. It's not like he even locked it up in a safe in his closet in his room. It was in the bathroom and there's, you know, pictures of it that were circling online. You can go take a look if you want. Um, but yeah, he was also caught with having classified documents in his bathroom. You never know who is circling, who, you know, it, it's just, it's just the, the risk of my freedom and other American citizens, residents, people visiting, you know, whatever these class classified documents hold, it's just too much of a security risk to have people who are just taking documents from where they're supposed to be and having them in their home. Um, Trump also is facing 91, can we say 91 felony charges in four different jurisdictions. So I know he's got Florida and New York, and then there's two more. So 91 felonies. That's unheard of. Um, and also Colorado has Trump ineligible for re-election for the Supreme Court on um, January 10th of 2024, uh, based upon Section 3 of the Fourth Amendment. So basically, um, they Colorado doesn't want him on the ballot. They don't want him on the ballot for the insurrection that happened in uh, January. So um, he's planning to appeal it, saying that um, they're violating his freedom of speech, blah, blah, blah. Um, Maine has also disqualified Trump from appearing on the ballot. And Michigan has also disqualified Trump from appearing on the ballot. So I don't know what he's going to do with those 
states, but I know that um, for Colorado, he's already filed an appeal against that. Now, during Trump's presidency, he um, completely botched, Amer botched the uh, America's response to the coronavirus. On January 30th, 2020, um, the World Health Organization declared that um, coronavirus is a global health emergency. And Trump stated that um, there are only five cases in the, in the country at the moment, and those individuals um, were successfully recovering. And he also mentioned um, close collaboration with China and other countries expressing optimism for a positive outcome. So I'm going to have you, I'm going to play a, a, a recording and then you guys take a listen to what he says about coronavirus. Let's go ahead and roll that tape. First. And now we're friends with China. In fact, maybe we've never had a better relationship and we're working with them very closely on the coronavirus. We're working with them very, very closely. We only have five people. Hopefully everything's going to be great. They have somewhat of a problem, but hopefully it's all going to be great. But we're working with China, just so you know, and other countries very, very closely so it doesn't get out of hand. But it's, you know, it's something that we have to be very, very careful with, right? We have to be very careful. Okay, so thank you so much for viewing this video. And um, I don't know if you could tell, but when I, uh, the mention of Donald Trump gets me so emotional because um, something personal happened with my family. I have um, a cousin that lost his life uh, in 2017 during um, the ISIS, when we were fighting ISIS. And um, the way everything was handled just really um, gets me because my family, um, well, my, my cousin's parents, um, which of course would be my uncle and my aunt, um, they're, they're a gold star family and the way how you're supposed to handle a gold star family, my family was never acknowledged. Um, his death was only acknowledged through newspapers and through the news, um, online and, um, the outpouring and the support from the public, like people were even contacting me who I didn't know because his mom just broke down. She couldn't deal with the press. I had to just, I had to fly to New York and um, it was just a lot going on for the family during that time. And I had to, I stepped in and uh, I did an interview with the New York Times. And there, it was just, you know, they were asking if the White House contacted us. We're like, no, um, I don't remember who the governor, the governor was um, at the time, but they actually renamed the street that he lived on in New York, uh, named it um, Sergeant. Rashane Brooks Avenue or street, but they named the street after him. And um, two of his um, members that were in there and told me exactly what happened, what took place. Of course, um, they lied to us completely about what happened. They didn't tell us the full story. The guys did, and they confiscated some of my cousin's belongings, computer, whatsoever. Um, I don't know what information he had on it, why they wouldn't release it to his parents. Um, just certain things they held on to, they still hold on to. And um, it's just sad. And here he also lived in Florida. So there's a memorial um, area for fallen soldiers. 
And, um, you know, he grew up in, in my community and he played baseball and they had fun stories that they were telling me of when they remember when some a kid took a bat and like knocked his two front teeth out there to rush him um, to go get his teeth done. But um, it's anyway. So um, it just gets me really emotional um, whenever I hear his name, because it goes back to the whole ISIS debacle and, um, you know, with the way how they handled the situation there. So let's not also forget that on January 6th of 2021, Donald Trump incited the insurrection um, that he's appealing that all of these disqualifications from being on the ballot, citing uh, freedom of speech. So, um, you know, there is uh, a section, section three of the 14th amendment. Um, if you go through it, if you read it, you'll be able to see that it's, it's in the amendment. What he did wasn't, it's not what you're supposed to do as a president. Anywho, so I want to show you another clip. Um, just listen to it. I, I want you to really listen and hear what's going on in this. Um, it's about three minutes long, um, but this is actually the type of leadership that I'm I'm looking for. This is the type of America um, that I grew up as a kid, and we're just straying away. And there's just, you know, I, I, I want you to just really listen because this is the leadership that I'm looking for. So go ahead and let's uh, roll that footage. I'm sorry, but I don't want to be a, an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world, there's room for everyone. and The good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful. But we have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without these qualities, life will be violent and all will be lost. The aeroplane and the radio have brought us closer together. The very nature of these inventions cries out for the goodness in men, cries out for universal brotherhood, for the unity of us all. Even now, my voice is reaching millions throughout the world, millions of despairing men, women and little children, victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, Tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel? Who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder? Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. 
You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate. Only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery. Fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man. Not one man, nor a group of men. But in all men, in you, you, the people, have the power. The power to create machines. The power to create happiness. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world, a decent world, that will give men a chance to work, that will give youth a future and old age a security. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with national barriers, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us fight for a world of reason, a world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us fight! Hmm. I don't know, every time I watch that speech, it just gets me, just gets me. Makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. But anyway, it's supposed to, you know, make you feel more patriotic and, um, you know, let's fight for what's right. Anyway, America's, you know, I, I think Americans at our core long for great leadership. And uh, we long for a democracy where we can feel safe, where um, we can get proper health care, health coverage, um, you know, we need um, proper food to repair our health, we need affordable housing, we need livable wages, and um, we just need for our civil and our civil and our state and our government workers to work for us so that we are empowered to help ourselves. And we need them to put our best interests at the forefront. So best of luck to all of us here for 2024. Um, you know, I'll continue to cover as much as I can in the most tactful and tasteful way without infringing my, um, without persuading anyone on how to vote. How you vote is how you vote. Um, but like I said, it's the lesser of two. You fill in the blanks. And to my loyal family, the Supernova Tosha Show podcast can be heard on any of these apps, such as Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn, or iHeartRadio. If you have a newer device, you might be able to pick it up on Google Podcasts. The goal here is to be on the top 10 podcast list to listen to. So please share, like, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. <laughs> and spread the word. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, um, share my YouTube channel, share the link, and you know, start some discussions. And let's see you know, how you all feel about um, topics that I cover. Are there any topics that you would like for me to cover? I am so grateful for your time. I do wanna thank you for being attentive. And I do appreciate your presence. Be careful, be safe, and as they say in the islands, walk good. Peace be still.